Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. I don't have to think about what I'm going to say or not say as a believer today. Maybe that was more relevant in the early years because those words are just are not in my heart anymore. And it's not something that I had to really pay a ton of close attention to. I'm not saying I've arrived and I know many of you would agree you haven't arrived, but those words just seem to disappear from my mouth because my heart has changed. My heart is supposed to be the throne room wherein Jesus dwells and has obviously uh, lordship. And so this is what Jesus says. Basically, the issue is your heart. If you find yourself falling to these things over and over again, you find yourself being deceptive, uh, you know, hypocritical, putting on a false front when it's not really true. The issue is your heart. The issue is your prayer time and the word of God and just your sincerity before the Lord. We know the Lord wants us to be true. And we know we've talked about, as you turn to Ephesians chapter four, that this sin specifically says, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, as Paul uh, writes Ephesians, he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He's writing to Christians who have been, have encountered the true Christ and now are to live different lives. And so here's what he says, Ephesians 4.25. And he's going to address this idea of false witness against one's neighbor, taking it now right into the body of Christ. He says, therefore, Ephesians 4.25, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with notice, his neighbor for we are members of one another. Earlier, he said, we are to speak the truth in love to one another. That's uh, 4.15 of the same chapter. Literally, we are to be truthing it in love. Here's the deal. We are a community of truth. We owe each other the truth. And so when someone encounters this faith community, My hope, my prayer for us is that we would be transparent. We wouldn't be phony about how far we've come. We wouldn't hold back truth. We'd speak it in love to one another. But we'd speak it as though if it happened to us, we'd want the same spirit to come our way. Amen? We are to speak the truth in love. There are times when You don't even need to say something because love covers a multitude of sins. And if you do say something, make sure you say it in love and your motive is that person's best. And sometimes, obviously, that can be uncomfortable. Now, Paul used the word, therefore, that's a connecting word. So go back just a little bit. Here he's talking about how the Gentiles live in verse 17, that they're darkened in their understanding. Their hearts are hard. 19 of Ephesians 4, they've become callous, but you didn't learn Christ in this way. 21, for if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of what? Falsehood or deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self, 
which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And then we have the therefore, lay aside falsehood and speak truth. Now, with each commandment, we go from the greater to the lesser expressions of the command, and we go from the negative to the positive. So let's talk about the positive. The positive is to be a true witness. Instead of being a false witness, we are to be true witnesses. We're to go around witnessing to the truth of Jesus. Jesus said to the apostles, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power of God from on high, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Peter, who had fallen in, at a firelight just a little bit before this to a servant girl's question, you know, you have an accent, aren't you one of them? I don't know him, I don't know him. Now is as bold as a lion in the streets of Jerusalem bearing witness to the truth of Jesus and even at the you know, potential cost of his own life. A false witness, Peter, had become a true witness. What was the difference? He was endued with power from on high. And Paul is saying that as a Christian, if you want to walk in the truth, if you want to witness to the truth by the way you live and what comes from your lips, you put on the new man. In fact, in Ephesians 6, just flip over there for a second, the first piece of the armor of God as we resist the evil one who was a liar from the beginning and a murderer, Jesus said, when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, from his own nature. He's a liar and the father of lies, and he's going to attack you as a believer. So you've got to stand. You've got to put on the armor of God. 14 of Ephesians 6, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, or as the NIV has it, put on the belt of truth. So you say, well, Pastor Michael, how do you do that? Is that a literal belt that you pull from your closet? Is there a truth jacket hanging in your closet? I wish, because that would be much easier, right? If I just put on my truth jacket, ah, all of a sudden I'm a man of truth. But these are metaphors. And the metaphor is giving you a physical picture of a spiritual provision that God has for you. You got to go to your spiritual closet and put on your belt. You've got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is truth, and then you will manifest who he is. And the way you do that is through spending time with him, praying, getting before your Bible, being around good company, good fellowship, worship music, things that are pure and lovely and of good repute. You sow to these things and the God of peace will be with you and the God of truth will transform you. You don't have to force it. You simply put on what he has provided but you have to put it on. And here's what's happening, unfortunately, with a lot of the Christian community, is we don't put on the things of the Spirit, and so therefore we look just like the world. And so Paul sums up the chapter in Ephesians 4 with these words. He says, look at verse 29 of Ephesians 4. Good summary verses. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He continues, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you. Take it off along with all malice. And positively, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. 
Keep reading. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering, a sacrifice to God, a fragrant aroma. When we do this, this pleases God. And it, this takes the idea of a wonderful smell of like a barbecue to God. So oftentimes when we're around a meal, we'll pray over a meal. And you know, when your meal just comes out and it's piping hot and you get over your plate, and let's say someone else is praying and you just begin to, oh, and I often imagine that that's how my, our prayers are going up to God, our worship, that it's a fragrant aroma and God's just going, oh, that's a good amenicati <laughs> or whatever. I always make it Italian, but you get what I'm saying. Now, sometimes I'm over my food and someone's going on and on. They're just too spiritual for the moment. I mean, it's like, all right, pray, but you know, we got to eat. Anyway, that's just walking in the flesh probably. But anyway, so how do we walk this out? What are the principles that we could employ so that we don't fall into the category of falsehood? Well, here's some things. One, if you're taking notes. Do I need to say what I'm about to say? Two, do I, and you might ask also, is it even true what I'm about to say? Two, do I need need to say what I'm about to say to the person that I'm sitting with? And what benefit would it have if I said it to that person? And I think my three is, is it true to begin with? Or would it be better just to stay silent, change the subject, or say nothing at all, or even turn a negative into a positive. How many times have we been in a situation where something's you know, just going downhill and we didn't stop it? Or we were the one perpetrating it and we realized what we're doing. We're running somebody down. And, and for what? I mean, we, we have to begin to ask some questions about what's my motive here? And if my motive is pure, that's one thing. But if my motive, motive is simply to run somebody down, then what am I doing? And, and they're not here to defend themselves, so why would I do that? Now, keeping on the positive witness side, we're going to the book of Isaiah next. And as we begin to build the positive case, Israel, Isaiah 41, was to be witnesses to the truth of Yahweh, to his ways, his laws, to be a light to the Gentiles. And so here's what, in courtroom language, for those of you who are interested in this, Isaiah chapters 40 through 48 are the God of the Bible, Yahweh, calling in the false gods of the nations around into a courtroom to see if they got the goods, if they're anything that sh- people should worry about. And 41.24 in courtroom language says this. 41.21. Uh, Present your case, the Lord says. Bring forward your strong arguments in courtroom language. The king of Israel or king of Jacob says... Let them bring forth and declare to us, the idols, what is going to take place, as the former events declare what they were, that we may consider them and know their outcome. If you're a God, then give us a prophecy or announce what is coming. Declare the things that are 23 going to come afterward, that we may know that you are gods. Indeed, do good or evil. Do something that we may anxiously look about us and fear together. Conclusion, behold, you are of no account. Your work amounts to nothing He who chooses you is an abomination. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Hey, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak to you if you need prayer or counsel. If you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking at all, but you could use some prayer, call Walk in Truth on Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Once again, 844-48-TRUTH. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Calling in the false gods of the nations around into a courtroom to see if they got the goods, if they're anything that people should worry about. And 4124 in courtroom language says this, uh, 4121, present your case, the Lord says, bring forward your strong arguments in courtroom language. The king of Israel or king of Jacob says, let them bring forth and declare to us, the idols, what is going to take place as the former events declare what they were that we may consider them and know their outcome. If you're a God, then give us a prophecy or announce what is coming. Declare the things that are 23 going to come afterward, that we may know that you are gods. Indeed, do good or evil. Do something that we may anxiously look about us and fear together. Conclusion, behold, you are of no account. Your work amounts to nothing. He who chooses you is an abomination. God holds court and says, okay, it's, it says, let's say that this was my idol and I was a person from another nation. And God says, come into the courtroom and let's see how your idol stands up against me. Oh, this is my idol. I formed the cap. I made it. Okay, let's see if it can talk. Say something. No, there's nothing. Let's see. <laughs> can it predict the future? I don't, I don't think so. It can't even talk. And, and then you go on, right? How many of you remember the show, The People's Court? here's the litigants for the case, right? Here's Joe Smith coming in. You know, he's got charges against his friend, John Smith. What are the charges? Well, he had a typewriter from 1976 and he hit the keystroke and he broke it. And the typewriter's worth $95.95 today on the people's card. I got to go to work. (laughs) These shows are terrible. The gossip shows, the courtroom shows. Ah! Go to work. Anyway, never mind. (laughs) So here's what Israel was to do. And this is Isaiah 43.10. And God puts it this way. You are my witnesses, 43.10, declares the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. 
before me, there was no God formed. I hope you see it as we've done court and there will be none after me. I, even I am the Lord. There's no savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed and there was no strange God or idol among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Even from eternity, I am he. There's none who can deliver out of my hand. I act and who can reverse it. And God says to Israel, don't be a false witness. You be my true witness. And here's the application to us. We are called to be witnesses to Christ. Amen. And here's what I would ask you. When's the last time you shared the truth about Jesus Christ to someone who may not know? Now, I know that's a convicting uh, question, and I'm, I'm saying it to myself. But when you are a person of truth, that's one of the deep desires that you have by the way that you live and opportunities that God presents to you is to give a true witness. Jesus says this in Revelation 3.14 to the angel of the church in Laodicea, the lukewarm church. He says, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. Revelation 3.14, Jesus is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the one who started the creation, the one who holds it all together. And he says it to lukewarm Laodicea as if to say, you haven't been my witness. You've got me outside the door of your church and I want in and I'm the true witness and this is what I want you to become again, Laodicea. Don't be lukewarm. Be my witnesses. And we're going to conclude in John's gospel as we prepare our hearts for communion. And as you turn over to John, I'm going to share just a few verses from John, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. And I would invite you, if you're a believer in Jesus, to take the supper with us. And if you're not a believer, become one. <laughs> and then you can partake. And here's what's happening. Jesus made the good confession before Pontius Pilate. His life was on the line. Pilate was trying to find a way to get him off. His wife had come. Pilate's wife came, said, have nothing to do with this righteous man. Jesus has been brutalized by the whip. It's hard to tell that he's even a human being. And he stands before the, the Roman governor on that fateful day. Pilate, John 18, entered the praetorium, summoned Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? 1834. And Jesus said, are you saying this of your own initiative or did others tell you about me? And Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews or the religious leadership. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king, looking at the bloodied, beaten Jesus. And Jesus said, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I've been born. This is one of the purpose statements of Jesus's coming to the earth. For this I've been born, and for this I've come into the world, to testify to what? To the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth. You know, Pilate could be living in 2022, couldn't he? Because that's what a lot of people are asking right now. What is truth? Is there anything true? Anything concrete? Anything that I could bank my life on and my eternity on? Yes. And the truth 
was standing before the Roman governor that day, the one who claimed to be the truth. And it wasn't Jesus that was ultimately on trial that day. It was Pilate, and for that matter, the rest of mankind. And that Jesus who stood before the Roman governor, goes to the cross, the axe, if I can use the word picture, falls on him. Why does he get pierced for uh, my transgressions and wounded for my iniquity? Because he's a loving judge, because he's a God who so loved the world. And so he takes the stroke due to me. He takes the condemnation in the court, if you will, so that I, who have lied on multitudes of occasion, both by what I've not said, by... things that, you know, I presented in terms of the way I look or, you know, trying to uh, show somebody something that I'm not. All the times that I've been false before the Lord and all the things that are naked and open before his throne, he took that punishment. Yeah, this is a good time for an amen. He took that punishment at the cross for all liars and all murderers and all adulterers. And next week it'll be all coveters. That's why we need a savior. Amen. And that's part of the law's purpose, to drive us to Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you so much. You've been listening to The Ninth Commandment, Thou Shalt Not Bear False Witness, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus, Chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If this is a program that you regularly listen to, we could use your help. Your financial partnership would help us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. And hopefully, Walk in Truth helps people like you dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to your life. Our fiscal year ends on March 31st. And thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. You can give online at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. We've come to the end of a week right here, another week on Walk in Truth. And I want to say a big thank you to all of our partners, our listening family, our team. And as we conclude a week, and we've been looking at the law, the Ten Commandments specifically. You know, the law is our tutor, our schoolmaster, Galatians 3.24, to drive us to Messiah, to drive us to Christ. As we end a week... Maybe you're a brand new listener. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard teaching on the Ten Commandments. Maybe prior to this, you couldn't even name them. But maybe now you know what they are, but you also know that you haven't fulfilled them. You haven't kept them. What do you do now? Well, you join the rest of us, knowing that you need mercy, knowing that you've fallen short of the glory of God. And I want to tell you some really good news. The king of the universe, the the great lawgiver, You know, Moses wasn't the ultimate lawgiver. God was. He came down. The judge came down to rescue us and save us from his judgment. See, God is holy and he will judge sin. He will judge those who have broken his law. But Jesus Christ was treated on the cross as though he had broken God's law. But he was completely innocent. The judge took his own judgment. And he did that. 
because he loves us. He knew that we had fallen short. He came to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And you might say, Pastor Michael, I want that so desperately. I want to be forgiven. I want to know Jesus. What do I do? Pray right now. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming. The judge coming as the Lamb of God. Thank you for dying on that terrible cross. For taking my shame and enduring the shame for the joy set before you. I trust in you. I believe in your perfect life, who you are, your sacrificial death, your triumphant resurrection, your ascension back into heaven, your current ministry, that you are King, God, Lord, Savior. You don't have to have perfect words. Cry out to him. Maybe you're a prodigal. Maybe you've been listening for a while and you've been wandering, man. And you have found that there's nothing profitable in that world. Nothing that will satisfy you like Christ. Come back home. Open your heart to Christ. He is so faithful to save, so gracious, filled with loving kindness and compassion. That is our God. That's what this program's all about, Walk in Truth. It's about the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word. And I'm so glad you've been listening. So grateful for each one of you. As we come to the end of the week, make sure you get into church. Check out the website, walkintruth.com. Have a blessed weekend rejoicing in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. We'll see you next time. And join us Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the 10th and final commandment, thou shalt not covet. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a wonderful weekend. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's always our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.